Thank you for listening to Room 9, my daddy's podcast. Hope you enjoy. You can listen to Room 9 on your favorite podcast listening platform. Don't forget to visit our Instagram and Facebook page. Please like it. Room 9, if you better yourself, you better the world. And I think sometimes, I don't know if you feel this way, Sean, but I think about this a lot. Sometimes we have to go through things in order to help other people. Mm-hmm. And I think things that I went through, not even that I'm helping anybody, but it's like, I don't think if I hadn't gone through stuff, I probably wouldn't have the podcast that I have and the platform. Yeah. And I would guess the same for you. I would yeah. guess that like things you've gone through, you're able to find and you're able to empathize with people and connect with people in a different way had you not gone through all that stuff. And that is today's guest, Kate Bryan. Kate is the founder and she is the CEO of a company and social platform called One Girl Revolution. And she is awesome. And really, essentially what she does is she empowers more women to be able to share their story. And she's got a podcast. She has an awesome documentary out called The Girl Inside, where she goes into the, I think, Cook County, it would be Chicago area, jail system, and just talks with women. It's just, it's awesome documentary. All her links will be below. Her website, social platforms, and all that jazz will be below. Check it out. She is amazing. I joked around and told her that she's like a female version of me, which is pretty hilarious. So be sure to enjoy this conversation. And I will uh, talk to you guys soon. All right. As always, I love you. Thanks for the support. Stay encouraged. Keep your head up. Learn while the shit is around you and continue on. All right. Peace. Thank you for uh, joining me. This is exciting. I'm excited about it. So before we start, I actually figured out how, remember I was trying to figure out, I was like, how did I, how do I know about Sean? How do I know about the podcast? You were on Tea with Gary V. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I had a podcast with Gary Vaynerchuk. He came on my podcast. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, I, and then I think it was like another friend of mine also had like shared around the same time had shared the podcast with me. I was like, that was amazing. So anyways. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's so funny. I've been, I've been just battling with, I still feel like, I think I've done like over 115 podcast episodes and I still feel like, I I don't know if I told you last time, like I have this shell that I'm still always like, I'm still not a hundred percent me. And it's just something like this last, this year, I should say, I've been really trying to break out of. I'm like, I don't know what it is. Like if I'm just still playing it safe. Yeah. I think it's that kind of stuff. I feel the same way. And like my background is in media and like, I've done so many different things throughout the years where you're like a spokesperson for someone or a cause, you know, whatever different things, but it's so bizarre. It's just a totally different 
situation to be mm-hmm. in where you're like, you're the embodiment of what you're doing with the podcast. And so I think there is like this shell that you have to break through. Cause I feel the same way. I'm oh, like, yeah. I've done a hundred and some episodes and I'm like, I need to like start. And I've like forced myself to do different things. So like I now in the pot with the podcast, I'll do like a commentary at the beginning instead of just like a introduction. Cause I'm like, I need to sh- show more of myself in mm-hmm. it. And it's so hard when you're doing a podcast, even like yours, it's like, you want other people to have the opportunity to shine but at the same time people are listening because they want to hear you too so it's it's finding that balance i do because yeah i've done a couple solo episodes and people have i mean i've gotten pretty good feedback on them yeah which is pretty interesting but i'm also always like you got to prepare so much more if you do an episode by yourself right because there's so no much one, more yeah. there's no one to rely on like even with you like i because i like keeping this free flow and conversation just like yeah. this honestly and so i really don't over prepare much like I'll obviously yeah. do a little background and look in and see, you know, what the person's into and what they're really doing just so I can have mm-hmm. some guidelines. But other than that, I let it go. And it's That's just, awesome. it's when you do a, one episode by yourself, you're like, all right, you got, you, you almost want everything prepared so you can keep talking. <laughs> right. There's a lot of pressure. And then you're like, what if I run out of things to talk, but I talk about, but. Well, that's, what's good about editing. So. Right. <laughs> but yeah, you are. Uh, so I, speaking of which doing, you know, little research and quotes, yeah. Because like just checking out more of what you've been up to. And yeah, um, I just listened to your whole episode. It um, is almost yeah. pretty much well just ended at like 1159. Oh, wow. Um, That one you just did by yourself. Speaking of which, yeah. Mo- yeah. your most recent one. So cool. I got to like that obviously was you sharing a little bit of your story. And I was like, mm-hmm. damn, this woman's been through hell. <laughs> and it's so yeah. awesome to see where you're at. So yeah, that's where I cool. want to start. I mean, you can take that yeah. wherever you want, but. I just totally. I just want to say you are yeah you're an awesome person inspiring just 40 minutes of just checking in and what you're doing is inspiring. Um, thank you so much. I'm just I like I said before I'm so excited to be connected with you and I feel like these sort of like connections happen for a reason and I already mm-hmm. was like I've already been like <laughs> scheming like okay how can Sean and I collaborate on different things and yeah so we need to no matter like beyond this we need to like figure out ways yeah. we can collaborate. Yeah, we, we definitely will. Yeah, because you're in Detroit, which isn't mm-hmm. stupid far. No. But it's, I mean, I can't know. wait till yeah things are kind of back to uh, somewhat normal. But every time I've gone to Chicago, I always go up through Canada and come down through Detroit. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, you got to come to Detroit. It's such a great, I always tell people it's the perfect mix of grit and beauty. You know, it's been through hell and back. It's been through a lot. So it's a, it's a great, it's a great city to be. And it's a great city for like creatives. So mm-hmm. Yeah, that's funny. Well, I feel like Buffalo is kind of, I think Buffalo is a lot smaller than how many people live in Detroit? Well, now, I don't know, maybe like, um, it's pretty, it's actually pretty desolate. It's big, but I would say like maybe 800,000 people. Okay, so they're about the same size because Buffalo has been, Buffalo has been finally like on the uprise probably the last, less, you know, eight years or so finally doing stuff. Like we have this beautiful lake. We've never done anything with it. It's all these yeah. grain elevators and everything, but so I always feel like the cities are somewhat alike. Yeah, and that's that's how Detroit is too. They're starting to like we just got named the number one waterfront um, by USA Today, and it's like everybody's glory days. Like we should have a parade yeah. or something because <laughs> of it, because it's like, oh my gosh, they remembered us, and it's like, no, you got, we have actually done a really beautiful job of like setting up this beautiful yeah. waterfront. So yeah, that's awesome. But anyway, enough about stinking cities. <laughs> Let's hear about, yeah, wherever you want to take your story. I know, I didn't even know Job syndrome. I don't even want to try to pronounce the actual medical term. I didn't even know that existed until I just heard you talk about it half hour ago. 
And I yeah, was like, it, what the hell is that? So I, <laughs> that's like one of your crazy battles I know you had to go through. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just want to hear more about your journey and whichever you know way you want to take it, go for it. Sure. Yeah. Um, so when I was, when I was younger, uh, well, when I was born, I had terrible eczema, even as a baby, you see like my baby pictures and I had eczema on my face and they didn't really know what was causing it. My mom was like cutting out like dairy. So she wouldn't give me yogurt and different things. And then when I was four years old, my youngest sister also was having all kinds of health issues and U university of Michigan couldn't figure out what was going on. And she was really sick as a baby. And they ended up identifying that her and I both had a really rare immune deficiency called Job syndrome. So it's like Job from the Bible. Job mm -hmm. suffered greatly. And so like really Job rare, syndrome, it's really rare. Yeah, really <laughs> rare. So when we were diagnosed, the two of us in the same family, which was rare, very rare, it was already rare. And then it was like, I don't think that it existed twice in one family at the time. There were only 25 documented cases in the U.S. So That's doctors crazy. were like, we don't really know you're going to be hospitalized six to eight times a year. So just get used to it. And my mom, who's an Irish woman, she's like fiery Irish woman. She just wouldn't take that as she wouldn't take that laying down. So she was like, I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that my kids are okay. And neither of us have been hospitalized since we were seven um, because wow. we just like take care of ourselves like health wise and, um, you know, really careful about what we're eating and, you know, we're active people and that kind of stuff. But my story really I think a big part of my story and what connects to what I'm doing now is, you know, I had this terrible eczema. I'd itch my hair out. Um, you know, I my skin was raw. My mom would take me home from school and have to change my clothes a couple of times a day. And kids didn't understand it. Right. Like everybody has their like bullying stories. I think for the most part, everybody's been through, you, you know, people uh, make you an outcast because you look different or you're tall or you're short. It's like none of us can be perfect. And the reality is none of us are perfect. But people are always going to find a reason not mm -hmm. to like you or to put you on the out and outs. And for me, I because I had rash, you know, I had eczema that was confusing to some kids, I guess. I wouldn't get invited to birthday parties and I wouldn't get invited to things like that were going on outside of school. And then in class, I stopped raising my hand. I like went from this fiery little kid that my parents would joke that I was going to be the CEO of the for a Fortune 500 company or the dictator of a small nation because I was like this feisty little kid. And then I went to school and I wouldn't speak. I was like, I wanted to just be invisible. And so I know what it feels like not to have mm -hmm. a voice. And I know what it feels like to be silenced. And it was only really recently, probably in the past couple of months that I finally made that connection to see here what I'm doing with One Girl Revolution. I had always had this passion for other people's voices and marginalized people being heard from and creating this space for people's stories and their voices to be heard. And I think it stems back from my own upbringing. Yeah, that's well, that's already a powerful story right there. That's awesome. I love the I heard you say that in your solo episode that your parents said you'd be the leader of a Fortune 500 company or a, a dictator. It's like, isn't that how every single human being is in the sense of like our darkness, how you can use it? You can mm -hmm. have these you have these gifts and you choose how you, you use it. Right. I'm trying to right. think of the, the saying, the feeding the wolves quote you hear in movies all the time or whatever you have anger and you have good and whichever wolf you feed is gonna win <laughs> yeah exactly and also like you we choose we ch we have so many choices in our life like you can be ch you can choose to be ruled by things that have happened to you or things that you've done or you can choose to rise above them and i think we make those choices every single day like the whole like i love yeah. star wars where it's like the battle between good and evil and like 
you know, the force and the dark side. And I think we have those. We are always going to have these demons that we have to battle with and um, but to choose good and to know, to recognize that we have power and that our voices matter and that, you know, we're as unique as our fingerprint. If we really believed that, that's something that mm-hmm. I've been reflecting on so much. It's like, we really believed that how we would live our lives so differently. Like we would choose things so differently if we recognize that every day. Yeah. It's amazing how difficult sometimes it is to do things we should do that we don't want to do. But I guess that's kind of the paradox as well though, right? If they were easy to do, it wouldn't really be this this accomplishment or this feeling of moving forward, I guess, after. But Kate, when was that like, you know, shift in your head? Because I remember mine, mine was in jail so vividly where I just finally was like, you know what? I'm done hating myself. It was like just a switch for me. I just flipped it. And mm. I was like, I'm done. And it just was all, you know, since then, it's been different. Did you have a moment like that like was a switch or was it kind of more of a gradual thing for you because obviously the way you grew up that's a lot of childhood trauma you've had to deal with being an outcast being ostracized so how did when was that moment when you're like you know what all these people were fucking wrong yeah (laughs) i think there there are probably a lot of moments and i probably am still like having i love suddenly moments like i talk Mm -hmm. about that a lot where you kind of have these like epiphanies And I think there are so many throughout our lives, but I would say like when I was younger, there was an epiphany moment. My parents knew that something was wrong. They were really clued into their kids. And so they were like, something's weird. Like they obviously weren't at school, so they weren't seeing it, but they were like, something had changed. And so my mom in her twenties, she had been a very insular person and didn't have a lot of courage and didn't have a lot of confidence. And so she got really involved in Irish American society in Detroit and started doing like Irish dancing and stuff. And so she thought, and it was a great, great thinking on her part. She thought, well, if that worked for me in my twenties, maybe that would work for some, you know, this kid who's seven. So my mom put me in Irish dancing and it was like before river dance. Like, so nobody knew what it was. <laughs> so yeah. So people were like, I mean, I already was like an outcast. And then I hear I'm doing this dance that nobody else knows about, but it became my magic feather. Like it became mm. my thing that was like, cool. Cause people wanted to see, you know, like I had this like beautiful Irish dance dress with like embroidery and all Irish dance dresses tell a story. So they're all like, it's very traditional, you know, it's very much about Irish tradition. So that I would say like, uh, you know, a year or two after that, where I was like, so quiet, I really had this epiphany moment where I was like, I do matter. And I do, I can do cool things. And look at like, this is unique. And then throughout my life, I definitely have had those moments where you're always going to have you're always going to be your biggest worst enemy, you know, you're always going to be the one that talks yourself, I'm not good enough. My writing isn't good enough. My I'm not good enough to do a podcast. I'm not good enough to do this. You're always going to be battling that. But for me, I think I've had a lot of different times where I've been like, oh, my gosh, I do have something to say. And I do have stories to tell and writing, you know, I've written a lot throughout my life and through my career. And now I'm using that in a totally different way, which is cool to be able to write other people's stories and write content about, you know, what other people's experiences are. That's been really powerful. So I think it's been a lot of, a lot of different moments. Yeah. But I think, you know, doing Irish dancing and and dancing and like in front of other people and being like, okay, people aren't going to laugh at me. Like, this is cool, you know? Is Well, I think that's it, right? I think we need something that puts us in front and that can give us confidence. And I think your mom set you up for that perfectly, which is awesome. Right. Yeah. It's, it's it's still, it's still cool. And I still do a little Irish dancing from time to time. So you really? That is be my party trick. That so. is, that is amazing. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, wonderful significant other of seven years, she, her daughter is, she's a senior in high school now. She was doing Irish dancing, all da- dancing. 
dancing all through elementary school. And oh, that's oh, like, awesome. so I've gotten to see a little bit of it anyway in, in it's my beautiful. lifetime. It is well, it's South beautiful. Buffalo, where I live, is you go into South Buffalo, it says the Irish uh, Heritage District or something. Oh, cool. So, oh, my gosh. Well, there's, awesome. there's lots of Irish people here. I mean, my full name's Sean Michael Cudahy. Yeah, great Irish name. Because for me, real quick, I guess, and I'll make it real short because this isn't about me, it's more about you. For me, I was I was in jail, and I guess I always kind of I knew through my twenties that I I think it was more I didn't feel like I deserved it for all the mistakes and all that I've made and everything else. And I think after I had a divorce, I got two kids, and I think after that, it was that was like the final straw of hating myself. Anyway, I was like, mm-hmm. I I don't deserve any of this. And then finally, in jail after my addiction and everything in jail, I was just like, you know what? What am I gonna do? I'm gonna either sit in jail, <laughs> or I can try this other way and see if it works. And I think it was just, it was just like, yeah, a flip of a switch. You have to, I think sometimes you have to hit rock bottom in order to find yourself. I I don't know if you saw it, but I released a short documentary um, about four months ago featuring the voices and stories of women, incarcerated women from Cook County Jail. Oh yeah, I did watch that. What's it, Girl Inside it's called? It's called Girl Inside. Yeah, that's done really well too. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. But I, I, um, you know, I felt like that those were stories that don't often get told. It's like, you know, we, we all have moments where we're forgotten about. We forget about mm-hmm. ourselves, but where we feel like the world forgets us. And I think a lot of times that's where like addiction or even like, you know, competition or all the different like negative things in our lives, I think a lot of times can stem out of that where we feel forgotten or unseen. And I had this opportunity that I fought for to get into Cook County Jail. And I was like, I want to sit with these women and interview them about their lives and their stories and not about the crime, not about what they've done Mm -hmm. to end up there. But like, who are they? Who are they as a person? And it was a part of One Girl Revolution that we did it. And I will always remember, and there's a line in the documentary where one of the women says, I was an empty shell when I got here. She had like literally been on this conveyor belt Mm -hmm. of darkness where she just didn't feel like she could get out. And I think that's all of us. Like as she was telling this story, I felt like there have been so many moments in my life where I felt that, you know, Mm -hmm. where you're just like, nobody, I don't matter. Why am I here? What's my purpose? I don't have one. So then you start doing all kinds of stuff that you really shouldn't be doing, whatever. And she ended up in Cook County, but she said once she got there, it's, it took that darkness, that moment, that big moment of darkness where she was an empty shell, ends up at Cook County. And she was like, I found who I was supposed to be. I found the girl inside. And that's how that documentary really kind that's of awesome. embodied it. And I think that's all of us, right? Like you have to hit rock bottom sometimes. Not encouraging everybody who's listening yeah. to like and that's hit rock a, and bottom. That's, <laughs> and, but that's a funny word too, right? Everybody's mm-hmm. rock bottom looks different. So it's very subjective and you can't really define it. So, totally. I mean, it, you know, it's always that kind of a, a weird linguistical game. But I mean, it is. I mean, I would say anytime somebody hits is low enough, that makes them say, you know what? I got to try this another way. And they keep trying to do that and doing that. I mean, that's what it's all about. I think getting back up and just keep keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is what I mean, and you were you were you were dealt a hand. I mean, from birth, right? And that sucks because mm-hmm. yeah. that's that that's a tough thing to go through as a child to be, you know, like only two hundred and fifty cases. I was like, holy crap! Yeah, it's crazy. And then one of my my brother has um, autism, and so it's like my parents had like we had a lot of stuff growing up. But I think you, I was raised in a family that like my both my parents worked really really mm-hmm. hard for for what they have, and they 
taught us not to be victims. And I think that that we, every single day we have choices of becoming the victim of something Mm. or being the victor, you know, not to be totally kitschy, but like, I, I think about that as like, we can rise above anything. And I oftentimes talk about, I oftentimes talk about Detroit. I love the city of Detroit, but the idea for what I'm doing now for one girl revolution really sparked out of Detroit's motto, which is we hope for better things. It will rise from the ashes. And I love, like, I just think that that is the embodiment of all of us, truly. Like, Detroit's been through so many difficult things throughout its life and continues to go through some really difficult times. I know right now during COVID, restaurants and small businesses are closing left and right, right when Detroit finally felt like it got its footing back. And now it's like, okay, now we have to deal with COVID. And there are great things going on in the city. Like I shared with you that um, Detroit's waterfront is number one on USA Today's waterfronts across America. So we're like Mm -hmm. basking in that glory. But (laughs) yeah, it's just Detroit really is the embodiment of it's been through so many difficult things, but it's this resilient city. And the people of Detroit are exactly that. They hope for better things. There's always hope no matter what you're going through. And it will rise from the ashes. We're so resilient and we need to see that power that we have. We need to always have hope and um, always, always power through and mm. and be the resilient people that we were made to be. Yeah, it's always, and you kind of talked about Star Wars. It's uh, Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey, right? Yeah. And you can get lost sometimes. I mean, so much of my life, I didn't work hard for anything because I felt like the world owed me because my brother and sister died when I was 15. So, you know, I had this chip on my shoulder. It's that story, that stage, I guess we all can get stuck in like, oh, poor me. And it's so easy to do that. But when you're in that, you can't learn anything and you Mm -hmm. can't grow. And I just, you know, one of the biggest things I've learned to just be able to be peaceful in the shittiest times you go through is just, all right, what can I learn and how can I grow? Because that's the only way to make sense or make this feel okay at the very least. And I think sometimes, I don't know if you feel this way, Sean, but I think about this a lot. Sometimes we have to go through things in order to help other people. Mm-hmm. And I think things that I went through, not even that I'm helping anybody, but it's like, I don't think if I hadn't gone through stuff, I probably wouldn't have the podcast that I have in the platform. Yeah. And I would guess the same for you. I would yeah. guess that like things you've gone through, you're able to find and you're able to empathize with people and connect with people in a different way. Had you not gone through all that stuff? Yeah, no, that's exactly it. It's funny because I often think like who I would be without my brother and sister dying. Yeah. And it's like it's not to say that things bad things should happen. Right. But like sometimes because <laughs> I don't want any of those bad things to happen. You look back on your life and you're like, I wish that that didn't happen. Yeah. I I'm, wish and that... I'm not cheering for bad things to happen to me either. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. I just think sometimes when I say that people are like, so you want bad things to happen? I'm like, no, I don't want bad <laughs> things to happen. But I just believe that sometimes we have to go through tough things in order to help other people. And like our courage or our resilience gives other people courage and resilience mm-hmm. too. you know, to stand up and speak up and share our stories. I think that the world needs to hear people's stories more than ever. If we've learned anything over the yep. past year with everything that's going on, there are so many people that haven't been heard and so many stories that haven't been heard. And so that's why I love so much what you're doing is like elevating people and their stories and empowering people because empowered people empower people too. Yeah. And I mean, that's exactly, obviously, like you said, that's what you're doing as well. And you're doing it with, I mean, one girl revolution, which we'll get into a little bit of that, obviously, because we need to talk about that. Cause I've not even fully, I just kind of was going on your website. I know you have the podcast, which I've listened to a few episodes of. I know you, it sets on about a platform. So give me more details yeah. on what One Girl Revolution is. 
Yeah. So One Girl Revolution is a social platform. So I use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube and a podcast to tell mm -hmm. the stories of everyday women and girls that are changing the world through their lives. And it's not to, it's not to um, exclude anybody, but it's, <laughs> I just think that there are so many women and girls that the world hasn't heard from. And it really sparked my, my backgrounds in PR and media. And I kept finding, coming across all these stories that inspired me on social media. And, you know, a friend would share a story about uh, a little girl, one of the girls that I interviewed is a little girl that makes coloring books for children in hospitals. And I was like, why is the media not covering this mm -hmm. story? Like, this is so cute. And she draws coloring book pages and has her mom take her to Kinko's and makes copies and then binds them and drops them off these coloring books, handmade coloring books and crayons off at hospitals. Why is the media not covering it? Then um, Miss Willa, who's this amazing woman down in Athens, Texas, who feeds kids that otherwise wouldn't be fed. So kids during like Christmas breaks, summer breaks that aren't getting fed at school. She drives around with a food truck and she saves up money. People donate money and she makes wow. these beautiful homemade meals and drives around and drops them off. So I'm like seeing all these stories, Sean. And I'm like, why is the media not covering these? And I've, I've tried to pitch some of those stories to reporters and people that I know, but it's not you know, no. salacious enough, or it's not like whatever. Um, if it, if it bleeds, it leads. That's what that's my right. saying, right? Yeah. And so I just, I was like, well, if nobody's going to cover these stories, like I'm just going to figure it out. And so I had no idea how to do a podcast. I had no idea, whatever, how to build a website, how to do anything. And just little by little, I started kind of pulling the thread and then it's continued to evolve. So um, I really, my vision for it always has been video. So I really wanted to do, that's where it started. I wanted to do a video series um, or a couple of different um, video series, but then I ended up kind of turning it backwards and being like, okay, a podcast is probably easier, even though it's a lot of work still. So I'll run it as a podcast. Mm -hmm. And that's been great because I've been able to connect with so many amazing women and girls across the country and give them the space to tell their stories via the podcast. And then um, a couple months ago, we released The Girl Inside, so that short documentary, and then we're, we have a second one in production. So um, this girl, Caitlin Cullen, who runs a restaurant called Tandem in Milwaukee, and she hires people that no one else will hire. So she runs her restaurant as a social enterprise. So she'll hire people coming out of jail and prison. She'll hire pregnant women. She'll hire kids that are marginalized who are being targeted by drug dealers and she hires them and she's like, if I can just give them a few bucks and teach them the food industry, I can help them transition out into other restaurants and into actual careers. And so she's created this mammoth of a, of a revolution in Milwaukee. And so that's going to be the next documentary. And then I don't know what the third one is, but we're going to do a third one. Too. That's awesome. I was actually just on their, that website because I heard you again, heard you talk about it in the year one solo episode. And I was like, that's because I spent my whole life. I started in a pizzeria and worked up into fine dining before my addiction. It was a little bit before my addiction. I got out of the restaurant business and got into some flooring because I was just sick of being walked all over. I probably shouldn't say this if you're just promoting a restaurant. But I love the idea that um, the whole idea of that, that I should say, because it's like one of the biggest things when I look into like Norway and Sweden, their prison systems. One of the biggest things they're doing, why people are actually still in jail is teaching them how to cook and all of that mm -hmm. and teaching them traits so they can go out and get jobs. And that is something that's so flipping missing. We're not going to go into it because I can go off on a tangent about the judicial system and people in jail and all that. Mm -hmm. But 
so screwed up. So I, I was like, oh, I got to check that out because I'm going to I'm going to yeah. try to see if I can get in touch with her, too, because I would I'll love connect to you with her. She's, awesome. You should totally have her on the podcast. Yeah. And yeah, I just think that there are so many stories like that. And her story's only been covered like from a local level, pretty much. Um, I know so many stories. Okay. It's yeah. crazy. It's, it's crazy. So crazy, but that's why that's why we need more. Yeah, we need more podcasts like what you're doing and what one girl is doing, because it's like these are so there are so many stories. And I kept thinking, Sean, I don't know if you felt this way, but I felt like so many times, especially in the beginning, I was like, I'm going to run out of stories like I'm getting to the end. <laughs> and then which is hysterical because no, there's like wait Now I'm like the opposite side of the spectrum where I'm like, I wish that I had more time oh, so I, I could know. record more episodes and there's all these different people. And I don't even have time to like email all the people that I want to have on the podcast and mm-hmm. like talk to all these. And that's it is like, there's so many stories. And the reality is, is like, there are people all around us that are doing these incredible things, but we just have to look out for them too. I bet that there are a lot of restaurants in our own communities that are doing similar things, you know? And so it's like figuring out what those are and like, how can we support them yeah it's it's you know that's the sad thing there's so many so many nonprofits too people i've talked with and i'm just like oh i wish i had the money to just work and help them and create content and share more stories for them because it's so sad how many incredible companies how many incredible people who just genuinely want to help who are helping i should say but could do so much more if there was more support around it mm-hmm. yeah and that's we we need it we need to keep talking, Sean, because that's what part of what I want one girl to evolve into too is like helping people with the content creation mm-hmm. because, like you said, there are so many organizations and people doing amazing things that they just don't have the bandwidth, and we get it. Like it's a lot of work even just to put together a podcast and feel like I don't even have the bandwidth to do all the things that I want to do. But you have these organizations or just people people that are doing amazing things, and they're like, I don't even have the bandwidth to like sit down and do an Instagram post because I'm out feeding people experiencing homelessness every single day, you know, 18 hours a day. Like there are people mm-hmm. out there like that that are amazing. And so I think it's it's up to us too to anybody who's listening, if you have a, a talent, you know, you don't necessarily have to go and like do something. You don't even have to go anywhere. You could do it all from your home, you know, but like reach out to an organization. If you don't want to like go out right now during COVID times and volunteer at a soup kitchen, for instance, reach out to the soup kitchen and say like, Hey, can I create content for you? Or like, let give me access to your, um, TikTok account. And like, let me make TikTok videos for you or all those different things matter so much. And we're all creative beings in our own way and so it's like finding out what you're good at and what you like doing and give of yourself in Mm -hmm. that way yeah i think that that's super important people got to be able to find them and i guess the more the more people like you and what i'm trying to at least do and that there's more of that going on that we can get the the word out there i think content create in this content creation i think people are scared of it i think it's tough for people like we were just talking it's tough to be authentic Mm -hmm. i don't care how you can say it how many effing times you want but it's tough to really be it. And people see through it too a lot. One person could do some content management for a company pretty well. And it's sometimes I pull my hair out that these even bigger behavioral health companies in Western New York here aren't using it. Like you could pay one mm-hmm. person salary to go around and share the people who've used your services, their stories or the counselor story. Like, why aren't you, why isn't this not happening? It's just it's you and I are the same. Right? We actually, <laughs> you and I are like the same in that. My, I was just complaining <laughs> to somebody the other day about something similar. I was like, "This is so clear. Like, why is this person not doing?" It, it was a PR, you know, because I still work yeah. in PR, and like it was that. I was like, "This is so easy. Write down all these stories, but." 
Yeah, I just think that it, it takes somebody to see things through a lens like that. And you and I probably like we, we already see things through that lens, but we've learned also I've learned so much through the podcast mm-hmm. and through this platform on how to see things through that lens, too. So it's like every single week I'm like, OK, these are all the stories that I want to tell or this is the content that I want to put out there because we've like trained ourselves and we've hustled yeah. and worked really hard and shout out to Gary V, you know, because we've learned so much from him. Like you just got to keep hustling and like keep putting content out there, content, content. And so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I vary somewhat in between Gary's point of view, but that's another podcast too. <laughs> and as yeah, a, I probably do too, to be honest. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean, he's got, uh, he's awesome stuff. He's always, I've enjoyed, he's a, I believe he's an authentic good dude. I mean, I really is, do yeah. from my interaction with him doing a podcast and kind of seeing, I mean, yes, we all do put on personas one way, shape or form when around people, it's impossible not to, but I think he really means well. And I think he's, I mean, he puts a positive energy out there, which mm-hmm. everybody learns differently. Everybody's attracted to different stuff. So that's cool. Yeah. And he empowers other people and elevates people, which I appreciate. I think that that's really, we, we all need to do more of that, you know? Yeah. I think that's becoming a, a, a thing too, with a lot of companies i think that's what branding it really is becoming like all right this is who we really are i find we'd like to fall in the middle just as we do as individuals we always kind of want to just be on steady ground some more than others mm-hmm. obviously depending on your personality but i think yeah. we always we kind of want to be liked by everybody and sometimes it's like if you want to be loved by somebody you got to be hated by others mm-hmm. yeah and that's that's the problem like that and that's our hum- humanity doesn't want that like yeah. we don't want we want to be liked but you're so right. The reality is the second that you step out, even the second you have an Instagram, right? Like there are always going to be people that are like not going to like your stuff or even friends. Mm-hmm. You know, I think sometimes like that's those are the hardest pills to swallow, you know, where it's like a friend that you think should be supportive of you isn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it really happens in addiction, too. Mm, <laughs> I'll, yeah. t- I'll tell you, there's some people who will who will dip out quick. Not that I had I've always had very few amount of friends, more uh, quality than quantity, but. That's a whole, again, a whole nother podcast. We're gonna have to keep doing podcasts, Kate. <laughs> I, I think we got a lot we'll we can, we can chat about. <laughs> and then Good Morning America. We got to talk about that before we get out yeah. of here. When are you oh, on I'm so excited. GMA? Oh my gosh. It's so cool. So um, yeah, Good Morning America is doing an entire segment on One Girl Evolution. And that's, it's so crazy. I, I didn't tell you this, but when Gary V was on, not to keep bringing up Gary V, but when he was on um, <laughs> GMA back in September, it was right before the girl inside came out and I got the text message from Gary V's team and they were like, Hey, do you want to sit on? Like you might have a chance to ask a question on GMA. So I'm like on there, Sean, I have like my one girl evolution shirt on, everything's perfect. <laughs> and then they didn't even ask me any question. I like sat on there for a couple of hours and it was fine. It was like a fun experience. Yeah. But I was like, that isn't the dream. I was like sitting there and I was like, this is the dream. Like, this is what I need. I That's just need so one funny. opportunity. And randomly a year ago, I'd emailed a producer from GMA that I saw her email. This is so crazy. I saw this email on Good Morning America's Facebook page. So this is PR 101 for everybody who's listening. I saw this Gmail email and it was a producer from GMA and they were looking for some random story. It was like dating disasters from West Virginia or something. I'm obviously not from West Virginia, so I didn't like fit into what they were looking for. But I was like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to email her, emailed her. And I said, hey, I don't fit into what you're looking for. But here are some stories because I thought at that moment, I was like, you know, I've interviewed all these women. I have all these great stories on on the platform, on the website. Worst case scenario, they pick one of these stories and they highlight these amazing women that I mm-hmm. want. Like, that, I'm still winning because like yeah. this stemmed out of the fact that these women and their voices weren't being heard. So that would be a win for me. So I emailed the producer 
and said, hey, like, if you're ever looking for a positive story, here are all these positive stories. This is what One Girl Revolution is. This is what we're working on. And she wrote back to my surprise. And she was like, oh, thanks so much. It doesn't really fit in what we're looking for, but thanks so much. Little did I know, Sean, that she had been watching for the entire year and paid attention to everything. So in those moments where you feel like, we all feel these moments where you're like, why am I doing this? This is so much work. I can't like, you know, I was like hustling, trying to get podcast episodes out. COVID, obviously, like I lost a lot of PR work. So it was like the struggle was real. And then, you know, I'm like hustling, trying to get everything done. And there were moments where I was like, maybe I should just give up. And I didn't. I just kept like pushing forward, pushing forward. And then um, all of a sudden, at the beginning of January, I get this cold call at 930 at night from New York. And I was like, who is this calling me? And it was the producer. And she was like, hey. We're interested in doing a segment on One Girl Revolution. We've been following what you're doing. My head exploded. And then she was like, you know, why should we do it? So I had to pitch her. I was like, this is why you should do it. These are all these stories. Let me tell you a couple of the women that I've interviewed recently. You know, she had seen. She asked you, why should we do it? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. yeah. Yeah. So I had to like pitch her. And a lot of times you get those opportunities. You have 10 seconds to tell someone why they should be on your podcast or why you should, why they should support what you're doing. And so I pitched her. I just was like, here are all these stories. It's really positive. Everything is really divisive right now in our world. Everything political was going on um, with the changing administrations. And no matter where you fell on the political spectrum or anything, I think all of us were just mm-hmm. at a breaking point where it was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do on a daily basis. And then on top of that, you have a global pandemic that we're all like getting through. So I shared with her like why I thought they should cover it. And she was like, okay, we'll think about it. And I got the next day, I got the call from the producer and they were like, we're doing it. This is all that, this is everything we need. We need pictures. We need, you know, all these different, pick out a bunch of stories that inspired you. Tell us why we'll do the interview. So like within a three day span, I did like the interview. They interviewed one of the women that I've had on the podcast about like the platform and why, um, why, why it means something to her. Um, and so everything's just been packaged and ready to go. So the segment's already ready and it was supposed to air a week ago, but now it's supposed to air um, in a couple of days. So it's supposed to oh air on gosh. Wednesday. Oh, I'm going to have so to keep an eye out. Hopefully by the time the podcast is up, um, we'll have the, we'll have the link to the, to the clip and then. Oh, that'd be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that'll but, be great. Or we can we can just communicate and plan it together too, if you wanted. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so that'll work. But that is so, awesome. How long is the segment? Did you know roughly? I think it's only a couple of minutes, but that's fine. Oh, like, that's I long. Think a that's long for yeah. Good Morning America. No, it is. Yeah, so that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's just testament that like dreams, dreams. In my in my wildest dreams, I don't think that that would have happened. Like it was my wildest dream to like be sitting on GMA, you know, a couple of months ago when Gary mm-hmm. B was on and just like, I might get a chance to answer a question or ask a question. But then like, here is a- an entire segment that like talks about the platform and talks about women and their voices. And it's such a win for all of the women. I had to call and get permission from each of the women that they're going to include in the mm-hmm. segment. And just to hear like the joy and validation from them because they haven't been heard, you know, and like this, many of them, this was the first interview that they ever did and somebody paid attention and somebody just saw their story and I saw them Hmm. all different kinds of ways how I stumbled upon these stories and now it just happens right yeah and so I just think if you have if you have a dream like fight for it and work hard for it but also be open to where 
ever it's evolving to because I think there are so many things that have happened in my life mm-hmm. and also like in the one girl revolution realm that I never could have planned for or never fathomed. Yeah, I've, I've had to really learn. I should say I'm getting better at learning to just sit there for the ride. And really not yeah. that you not that you don't work your ass off, but you just you go with it. And when one opportunity doesn't happen that you were excited about, it's like, all right, that's cool. That means there's something else. I'm not, I wasn't just it wasn't supposed to. Right. I'm not supposed yeah. to be there. It wasn't the right fit. And I always kind of try, I've tried to keep that mindset because since I've started room nine, it's been the same thing where a door closes and I'm patient. It's like, all right, what can I learn from it? And mm-hmm. then another door opens or I get another email a few minutes later or something like that. There's always something. And it's just kind of, all right, I'm just here for the ride. It's just a ride. Yeah. <laughs> we try and control too much, right? Like yes, everything has to be perfectly curated. Our Instagrams, our social media, like we have to say everything perfectly. And the reality is life is not that way. Life is an adventure <laughs> no. and it's messy and it's beautiful and it's like all the different things, but we just need to be open and do the work, do the work on ourselves and like be open to, yeah, whatever this life is trying to teach us. Amen. <laughs> that is awesome, Kate. How, uh, how do people get a hold of you and get in touch with you? Yeah. So all kinds of ways. Um, the website is onegirlrevolution.com. So the number one girlrevolution.com. All our social media links are there. Um, you can email us through the website. Every, everything that you need is there. The Girl Inside is on. The documentary is on mm-hmm. there. Podcast episodes. And then we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at onegirlrevo. So the number one girl, R-E-V-O. And then on YouTube at onegirlrevolution. Awesome. Yeah. Obviously, I'll put all that stuff in the links, but Again, you are an incredible human being and thank you so much for chatting with me. Sean, thank you so much. And right back at you. You're incredible. This has been awesome. I know. I'm excited to uh, talk more and do some more work and especially when things get back to normal in this country, whatever that means. I know, right? I'm excited to do something. Yeah, I would love to. We'll plan. So I don't know. We'll stay. We're going to stay in touch. Yeah, we are for sure. Yeah, I have so many, so many ideas. So. Cause you're like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like you're the female version of me in Detroit. Right. (laughs) I, so, um, I didn't want to like go into it too much on the, on the episode, but I have an idea, a big idea for a collaborative in Detroit that I want to start. And I would love to keep in touch with you because I think there might be some cool, you, I'm sure you would have ideas for it, but also I think there could be some really cool collaboration, but ultimately there's a space in Corktown. So I live in the Detroit, the Irish part of Detroit. Okay. And it's right where like Ford just bought the old train station. There's a historic train station that's there. And so they're putting in like tons of offices. So it's about that part of the city is about to flip right now. It's like, it looks like wasteland, mm-hmm. um, but it's about to flip and become like the, a very much a part of like the center of Detroit. But there's a space that I want and it's set up like a almost like a WeWork, but it's, it's really gritty. It's like an old garage that they reformed into like, it has different, um, co-working spaces. So I was like, I want to set up a, uh, like a podcast studio there and then a video studio and then all these different things. And then outdoors, there's a whole like area where you could set up like tables and stuff and do like community events. So you could do like book launches you could do but um you could do um like happy hours and get like different food trucks to come and then like a percentage of that would go to support different like organizations Mm -hmm. and their causes but the way that i want it to be a collaborative for creatives is that uh creatives could use the space you know like they can pay to use it but 
I would actually do a barter system with them. So like, say a photographer would do headshots. Cause like how many people like have podcasts or are on, po- I mean, you deal with that all the time where it's yeah. like, I deal with people that are like, I, I don't have a photo of myself. Can you crop out my dog in this photo and use that or something like that? Yep. So like, even to have like where photographers could do headshots, like every like last Friday you do headshots there or people could use for like um, videographers could use the space, but they would barter like, Oh, they'll do a free piece of content for Najah Bazi who runs the man international, like the organization in Detroit. And you would just link the creative people up with other nonprofits or organizations. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I was like vision for it. So as you were, yeah, the more you and I have talked, I'm like, Oh yeah, I got to rope Sean into that. Cause I feel like that could be really cool. Oh, that's super awesome. I was literally <laughs> just so weird. I was I've been thinking a lot about like going to the CEOs of the behavior health companies and being like, yeah. why don't you all join in and pay me a salary and you can all use a place. We can have a place where we can create content for you nonstop. You like, should yeah. you should yeah. think about like a creative space like that. And then I was like thinking, I was like, because of like what one girl is, I'm like, oh, I would want to do like a community meal where I'd partner with like restaurants, um, you know, once a month, ideally once a week, but like once a month where like anybody, no questions asked could show up and get a hot meal, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah, that would but, be awesome. Yeah, you should totally do that creative. You should totally do that. I know. Well, yeah, again, it's just so frustrating. Like, why aren't people just creating, like, even if it's crappy, like, they're not even doing right. crappy content. Right. Like, just oh, my create. Lord. It's just, just do something. Yeah. yeah. But I think people, people, we're our own, we're, yeah, we, we keep ourselves from doing good things. Like, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. make TikTok videos because I don't, like, it freaks me out. It, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to use TikTok. So I just don't do it. But like, I really should just do it. I should just bite the bullet and figure out how to do it. And I know. It's not that hard. I, I don't create enough content either. It's like, what well, for myself? I'm always no, I'm doing yeah, it for, but for myself. I love doing I it don't. for other people, yeah. but it's like, oh, yeah. I know, you know, because I did some YouTube videos when I first got a camera a few years ago and I was, you know, did them and I enjoyed them. And I'm not terrible in front of the camera or nothing. Obviously doing the podcast makes you better at you know, getting used to that sure. stuff. But I just... I don't enjoy it as much as hearing, you know, telling other people's stories and filming them. So you got to keep me posted, whatever, whatever you end up doing, keep me posted and anything that I, I will. can do to. When I find out what I'm doing, you. I'll be sure to let I know. you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's what I feel like every day. I'm like, I don't really know what's going on, but oh, I'm figuring a, it out. It's a roller coaster, isn't it? Right. Oh Lord. So but awesome. This All right, was Kate, awesome. Yes. I'm going to stay in touch and I'm going to keep yeah. an eye out for your, your GMA. So I'm assuming you'll post something about it, right? Yeah. I'll yeah. post it. Yeah. I'll probably, I'll, I'm, I've been not posting the Well, cause you know, it was supposed to run and then it didn't at the last minute. So, I'm, but I'm probably going to post about it today or tomorrow. And then of course, once it runs, I'll get the link get and the I'll link send out. it to you. So awesome. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. All right. You're Sean, awesome. Thank I'll you so much. Not I'll a talk problem. to you soon. All right. All right have bye. a great day.